Okay, so last week we started talking about uh, becoming new wineskins so that the Lord could pour the new wine into us. The new wine is the symbol of the new move of the Holy Spirit. It's also the symbol of the blood of Jesus. But it's the new move of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus came, he brought the new wine. And he began a completely new move of God in the people of God. And we talked about last week how that a lot of the people did not want to go with the new move of God. And Jesus said, you have to put new wine into new wine skins. Because if you put it into an old wine skin, the old wine skin will burst. Because, see, the new wine is the freshly squeezed fruit of the grapes. And when you put it into a wine skin, then it, the word wine actually means to bubble. And so as it begins to bubble, and you know, uh, we talked about last week how that it only takes 48 hours for, for grape juice to begin to ferment. And uh, you, you noticeably have a different uh, taste in 48 hours. And so uh, it begins to bubble. And so when the Lord puts the new wine into us, if we are old wineskin, we're hard-hearted, dried up, stubborn, rebellious, then it's just going to burst. There's no flexibility in our wineskins. And that's what happened when Jesus came. And the Pharisees and the religious people, they didn't want what Jesus was preaching. They did not want the new move of the Spirit. And so because they did not want the new move of the Spirit, when they were killing Jesus and when they were hanging him on the cross uh, and Jesus was asking the Father to forgive them, they said, let this sin be on our heads and on the, let this be on the heads of us and our children. Can you imagine anybody being so hard-hearted that they would bring a curse on themselves and on their children? That, that's just how hard-hearted they were. That they absolutely refused to believe what God was doing, the new thing that God was doing. And that wasn't the first time, the last time that God did a new thing. Because, you know, we talked about last week that when the Lord opened up the door to salvation to the Gentiles, that that was a new move of the spirit and that they all of the jewish people had to if they were going to move with the flow of god they had to open up their heart that the fact that gentiles were just as loved and accepted with god as the jews were and you know they always thought that they were the most special god's chosen people they were the best they looked down on everybody highly extremely prejudiced people and so uh when the Lord opened up the door to the Gentiles, many of those Jews that had accepted Jesus refused to accept the Gentiles. So they became old wineskin. Although they may have gotten saved and believed in Jesus, when they made the decision to not accept the Gentiles into the church as equals with them, they became old wineskin. And Jesus said that the old wineskins will burst and perish. And so every time God does a new thing, another new thing that God did was when he sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And even though Jesus had told 500 people to go and gather in that upper room, 
Only 120 of them went and were filled with the Holy Spirit. So you see, it's always the bigger number that refuses to move with the, uh, re- that will refuse to move with the new move of God. There, the only, there's only a small remnant, only a few that will honestly say, I will become a new wineskin so that I can receive the next move of God. And as long as we're here on this earth, there are continuously going to be fresh moves of God. New moves of the Spirit, as long as we live here. The Lord is never going to let His church get stale. He's never going to let the message get stale. He's never going to let our hearts get hard. That we have got to constantly be moving with the new thing that the Spirit is doing all the time. So when Jesus came and He was... uh, Get my phone back on. And he was trying to tell them how they were going to have to become new wineskins. That's exactly the way we're going to have to become new wineskins. We've got to do it exactly the way Jesus said do it. There's only one way to do anything, and that's Jesus' way. It's not your way. It's not my way. It's not the highway. It's Jesus' way. And any of us that don't do it Jesus' way, we are dead wrong. We are wrong. And we can dig our heels in and we can be stubborn and we can say, well, my mama always did it that way. And my daddy always did it that way. And, and my, my family has done it this way for a hundred years. And you can dig your heels in and you can dry up and become an old wineskin and miss the new thing that God is doing because he is always doing a new thing in his church. And so what he told them was, And uh, when they refused to accept Jesus, he said, uh, Jesus is the stone that makes people stumble and the rock that makes them fall. He's the stumbling stone. To us, he's the precious cornerstone. Our entire life is built on him. But to those who refuse to do what he said, he is their stumbling stone. And they will stumble and they will fall because the Bible says they stumble Because they do not obey God's word. So any place in our life that we're not obeying God's word, not only will we stumble, but we will dry up and become a a hard wineskin that God cannot pour his new wine in. Now, the very beginning truth that Jesus taught them, this is one of the 12 foundational truths of Jesus' teaching. The very first one. The very first one John the Baptist preached, the first one Jesus preached, the first one the disciples preached was repentance. Repent. Repent. And most people think that to repent, that means you just get saved. But that is, that is one little drop in the bucket of what repent means. The word repent actually means change your mind. Meta nuo, change your mind. It doesn't mean ask forgiveness for your sins, although you will. It doesn't mean ask Jesus to forgive you, but you will. It means change your mind. So what Jesus came preaching, the first thing he said to him was repent. God's kingdom is here. Repent. God's kingdom is here. In other words, change your mind. See, they've been following the law of Moses all their life, which is a law of do's and don'ts. 
I think there's 613 commandments in the Old Testament. And they had to keep every single one of them to be right with God. If they missed one, they were not right with God. And so when Jesus came, he was ending that covenant and he was beginning the new covenant of grace. That was the covenant of law, rule keeping. And you had to uh, kill an animal to cover your sins. The, uh, the blood of that animal couldn't wash your sins away. It could only cover them. So when Jesus came preaching, he came preaching, we're no longer going to keep that. The law of Moses, we're fixing to enter into a new covenant. The blood of Jesus, my blood, that I'm fixing to shed for you, is going to completely wash your sins away. Never to be remembered again, ever. And so when he began to do things that were not in line with the law of Moses, man, the old wineskins just absolutely went berserk. You know? They couldn't handle it. They could not handle any kind of move changed by the Spirit. And Jesus says, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. They didn't want the new thing. They wanted the old thing. Well, see, the Holy Spirit is always doing new things. And for us to be new wineskins, we've got to be moving with the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jordan and I first got saved and started preaching, they, all the old preachers told us, that if you go into a new church and you want to move the piano, you've got to move it one inch at a time so they don't notice you're moving it. Because if you move that piano, you're going to lose half your congregation. And that sounds funny, but it's true. I'm telling you, the old deadheads in churches make the life of pastors miserable. They're against everything that he is for. And if they have the power, they vote him out before he can do anything else that they don't like. You know, those of you that are new to the church don't realize that when Jordan and I came here, we were appointed by the district. We were not elected by the church because the church here would not elect a pastor. There was only like eight people in the church. And they wouldn't elect, they didn't want a pastor. They told us they didn't want a pastor. They wanted to rent the parsonage and get the money. And they didn't want a pastor. And so they'd run every pastor off that had come and tried out for the church. So the district came down and appointed us so that we could not be fired by the church. And believe you me, they tried. <laughs> They tried hard to get rid of us. But uh, so after about 10 years, the district came to us and they said, you're going to have to elect a deacon board. Y'all got to become a sovereign church. Well, we didn't really want a deacon board because the district deacon, the district men were running, were being our deacons and they were very spiritual men. And, and so, but anyway, so we did. We elected our first deacon board. And you know that our deacons now... How many of them are our original deacons from 46 years ago? Almost all of them are the original deacons from 46 years ago. And the first thing they did when they became deacons, they voted us in for life. That we could not be put out of the church. Unless we committed sin, we could not be voted out of the church. That was their first action. So then we turned around the church and we voted our deacons in for life. That they could not be put out unless they sinned morally. And so for 46 years, 
they have been helping us pray through every decision that this church has made. And it's been a wonderful 40... I don't think we've ever had a no vote, have we, in the deacon board. I never had a no vote on anything that we felt like the Lord wanted. He began to teach them how to really love people. He began to teach them how much God loves them. See, the Pharisees and the hypocrites, they didn't really love people. They didn't love people. In fact, they made up all these rules and regulations to keep from having to take care of their parents when they got old. They had written this law in there that they could give money to the church and then they didn't have to give any money to their parents to take care of them. And they had all the, you know, they had all these laws about washing pots and things that every little thing had to be washed a certain way before they could eat out of it or drink out of it. And just on and they had books and books and books. Like on the Sabbath, they had all these laws. You couldn't pick up anything that weighed more than this many pounds. You know, they had taken the original Word of God and twisted it and turned it all around and made it into man-made laws. And that's why Jesus told them, he said, you know, you're, you're not keeping the Word of God. You're keeping these man-made laws. Well, they didn't want to hear that. They did not want Jesus to change anything they were doing. They wanted to do it the way they had done it, and their parents had done it, and their parents had done it, and their parents had done it. Because remember, an old wine skin always says, the old way is better. That's what Jesus said. The old wineskin always says, the old way is better. But it's not. The move of the Holy Spirit is always better. The Holy Spirit is life. It's always bringing us to a new level of life. The Bible says the old covenant was a covenant of death. The new covenant under the blood of Jesus was a better covenant with better promises. So... If we don't want to move with the Holy Spirit, then we're just putting ourselves under death. Because Jesus said the old wineskins perish. So the way we learn to move into becoming a new wineskin is we've got to repent. We've got to change our mind. Everything in our life that we're not doing exactly the way Jesus did it is old wineskin. And it's got to be repented of. And so... Uh, let me just hit on probably one of the biggest problems we're having in this church right now. is people getting offended at people. People are just so offended and fussing and fighting. And see, the Bible clearly says, if your brother is offended at you, go to him, just you and him alone, and work it out. And if he won't listen to you, then take somebody spiritual with you. And work it out. And then if he still won't listen to you, if he's still going to be mad and ranting against you and talking bad about you in the church, then you take it to the leadership of the church. And the church will make a decision on who's right and who's wrong. But people just won't do that. Somebody will make them mad and they'll just run off to everybody in the church and talk about them. They'll go to everybody but the person who offended them. So if you want to become a new wineskin, stop doing that. 
Stop talking about people that offend you. If somebody offends you, Jesus tells you, go to that person. And in fact, he said, rebuke them and then forgive them. Now, that word rebuke in the Greek don't mean what rebuke means in the English. (laughs) To us, rebuke means get all over them. That word means correct them. Show them what they, tell them what they did to hurt you. Did you know most of the time when you hurt somebody, you have no idea you did it? Did you know that? How many of you have ever been joking with somebody and hurt their feelings and you had no idea you had hurt their feelings? But then you could tell next time you were around them that they weren't the same, you know? Well, see, they should have come to you and said, that hurt my feelings. Because, see, when, when that happens and you go to that person and you say, that hurt my feelings, well, first of all, they probably had no idea. And then second of all, it gives you an opportunity to make that relationship right. To say, I am so sorry. I never intended to hurt your feelings. I am so sorry. Because, see, some of us are just big jokers and big kidders, you know. And some people are real sensitive and they don't like to joke and kid. And so, because we're all different, different things offend us, you know? Like some people, if you walk by them and don't just stop and talk to them, it'll offend them. Well, me, I'm always in a hurry to walk by, and I'll go by a bunch of people and don't speak to them. And if they walk by me and don't speak to me, it don't offend me at all. But there are people that it does. And so, if they come, if you are offended, you go to that person. And you say, you walked right in there and didn't even look at me or speak to me. And then you say, I am so sorry. I would not offend you for the world. I was rushing and I was not paying attention. And what you do is you learn the people who are sensitive. And you have to give extra attention to. That don't make you wrong and them right. That makes us different. And God created us all different. And so if you're mad about it, it's really God you're mad at. And the uh uh-oh is right. (laughs) That's not a good place to be. (laughs) And so we have to learn to walk in love with each other. If we can't walk in love with each other in the church, how in the world are we going to walk in love with the people in the world that hate us? You know? See what time it is, Mary. (laughs) What time did church start? 6.30? Okay. Every time there's a time change, my mind just goes, oh, no, I don't know what time to end. (laughs) And so repenting. Jesus said, one of his disciples said, well, how many times should I forgive my brother? I'll use my husband as an example. He is the biggest aggravator in the world. He just aggravates the snot out of me. And some days I just want to. You don't want to know what I want to do. But the Bible says, I have to forgive him 70 times 7 every single day for aggravating me. (laughs) I do not know of anybody that has that much patience. What is 70 times 7? 140? What is 70 times 7? How much? I honestly and truly don't think I could forgive him that many times a day. But I'm trying. I want to be a new wine skin. 
And there are so many scriptures like that in the Bible that we are not obeying. I I used to tell uh, Gabby, you are getting on my very last nerve. (laughs) And now she tells me, you are getting on my very last nerve. (laughs) Well, we got to have 70 times 7 nerves. Because that's how many times we have to forgive in one day. But as you oh, as you go, start in Matthew and you start reading through your Bible. Everything that Jesus said, if we're not doing it, then we're not becoming a new wineskin. Because that's exactly what Jesus did when he came. He went from town to town, village to village, teaching them the true way of God. How you truly love somebody. And see, that's what... All Jesus' teaching was about was how you truly love somebody. Because their view of God was so warped because of the Pharisees. They did not know how to love anything but money. That's all they loved was money. And Jesus plainly said, you cannot love God and money. So if you love money, you do not love God. And so Jesus began to teach them what real love was, what the love of God was. So see, as we go through the life of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, then we have to look at ourselves and say, I don't act like that. I don't do that. When somebody hurts my feelings, I don't go tell them. I go talk about them to everybody else. See, then we're an old wineskin. And when somebody aggravates us time after time after time until it just wears us down and we finally have had enough we think we're justified but Jesus said no you're not that's not the way God loves do you want to be a a new wine skin or do you want to be an old wine skin that's going to perish my phone keeps shutting down I forgot to set it where it wouldn't shut down I'm sorry So, I'm going to read you Mark 6, 12. So, it's talking about the disciples. It says, so they went out and preached everywhere that men should repent. Change your mind. Then they cast out many demons and anointed many who were sick with all and healed them. So, if we don't learn to repent, we're not going to be able to do the mighty works that Jesus told us to do. See, when Jesus took his disciples and he began to teach them how to be a new wineskin, how to be the new believer Christian, how to do it the way Jesus said do it, and they began to follow Jesus and walk in the steps of Jesus, they began to be able to do miracles, cast out demons, heal the sick. And see, if we wonder why We're not casting out demons and not able to heal the sick. It's probably because we've got too much unrepentance in our life. Wrong thinking. We're thinking wrong and we're acting wrong. Although we're calling ourselves Christians. And so the power of God cannot flow through us because we don't think and act like Jesus. Okay, give you one more scripture. 
see what time it is. Okay, yes, time for us to go. All right, in 2 Timothy 2.25, it says, In meekness, instruct those who are opposing themselves. And perhaps God will give them repentance to know the truth. So, repenting is not just something that we do. Repenting is a gift from, repentance is a gift from God. What is repentance? A changed mind. So that means He will give us a new mind. A changed mind. So the way we do is, anything, any time in our life, when you're, the, the most time you're gonna see that you're an old wineskin is when you're reading the words of Jesus. That's the most time you're going to recognize what an old wineskin we are and how much we've got to change for the new wine to be able to pour into us. And what we do is, let's say, for instance, you're one of those people that somebody makes you mad and you go talk to everybody but them. Let's say you're one of those people. What you've got to do is you've got to say, Jesus, I repent. I change my mind. I will not do that again. If somebody offends me, the first person I'm going to go to is that person. And I'm going to tell them that they hurt my feelings. And then I'm going to forgive them. Whether they admit they did it or not, it doesn't matter. I'm going to obey God and do what the Lord told me to do. And if they get mad and whatever they do, it doesn't matter. But if I do what God told me to do, then I have repented. Changed my mind. Then when you repent... You change your mind. You say, I'm not going to be the way I used to be. Then the Bible says God will give you a changed mind, repentance. It's a gift. He will help you change your mind and think like God. And you will begin to know truth, which is what the scripture says. He will give you a changed mind so you can know the truth. Because, see, the Bible says anything in our life that we're doing... Any scripture we're not uh, obeying, we're deceiving ourselves. So the more scriptures we're disobeying, the more deceived we are. And the bad thing about being deceived is you don't know you're deceived. You think you're right and everybody else is wrong. So the only way to break that deception is repentance. And so you go to God and you got and you got to read the life of Jesus. And every time you read something, you know you have not done that right. You didn't forgive somebody 70 times 7 in one day. In fact, you didn't even forgive them one time when they did you wrong. They did you wrong one time and you're mad at them and holding a grudge and talking bad about them to everybody that will listen. Then right then you stop and you say, God, forgive me. I repent. I change my mind. I won't be that person anymore. I won't think like that anymore. And God will give you a changed mind. So you can know the truth. You cannot know the truth when you're walk, when you're not obeying the Word of God. You can only be deceived. And as long as we stay deceived, we're an old wineskin. And we're going to perish. We have got to know the truth. So the truth can set us free. And the way to know the truth is to repent. Change your mind and God will give you a changed mind. Amen? So, Father, we just want to thank you for making us new wineskins. We're not going to be the same person that we were yesterday.
we're going to dig into your word. We're going to look at everything that Jesus told us to say and that Jesus told us to think. And we're going to line our life up with that. We're going to repent, change our mind, and change our actions from the way we've been acting. And we're going to do it the way you said do it, Jesus. And your promise to us is you will give us a changed mind so we can know the truth. And when we know the truth, the truth will make us free. And then you can pour the new wine into us. The new move of the Holy Spirit that's going to take us to places we have never been before. To the most blessed life we have ever lived. Lord, you said anything that we ask in prayer believing that we would receive. So we have asked tonight to make us new wineskins. And we believe that we are receiving the knowledge from you to do that. In the name of Jesus. Amen.